0: This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the 15th Sunday after Pentecost on September 13, 2020, offered at Trinity Commons. The principal text for the sermon is Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 through 31. The Parting of the Waters of the Red Sea. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You can't tell the Exodus story without the cinematic moment of Moses, arms outstretched and the waters of the Red Sea parted, making a pathway For the Israelites to make their final escape. In 1956, Cecil B. DeMille spent 13 million dollars on his telling of Moses and the Exodus. At that time, it was the most money ever spent to make a movie. To capture the parting of the Red Sea on film, DeMille needed six months, 12,000 extras, and the most advanced and complex special effects at the time, to place Charleston Heston on that rock as Moses on the shore. In 2014, Ridley Scott, of Aliens fame, brought the story again to the big screen with a budget of $200 million. This time it was CGI that was used to part the waters, and it only took 30 or 40 extras that were then digitally duplicated to represent the tens of thousands of Israelites led through the waters by Christian Baal playing Moses. While the Israelites are given liturgical instruction to remember the events of the Passover, it is the spectacular scene at the Red Sea that most often catches our attention. While last week, The reading was about the Israelites marking the hope and trust they had that God would bring liberation. This week's reading shifts our focus solely to God's saving act. However, trusting the Israelites were when they packed up and hit the road, that seems to have faltered by the time we get to the Red Sea. Even with the presence of God moving before them as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, when the Israelites find themselves trapped between the Red Sea and the advancing Egyptian army, they are ready to start passing out blame. They shout at Moses, demanding to know if it was because there were not enough graves in Egypt that he brought them out there to die. They even go so far as to say that it would have been better for them to have remained in Egypt in slavery than to die at the Red Sea. Moses' response is simply, the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to keep still. That's where this week's reading picks up and makes it all about God. It is God that separates the Israelites from the Egyptians. It is God that drives the sea back with the east wind. It is God that looks at the Egyptians and throws them into a panic. And it's God that clogs the chariot wheels. It's also God that tosses the Egyptians into the sea. In the midst of their panic, the Egyptians realize that God is indeed fighting on the side of the Israelites. And after seeing what God did, the people finally again trust and fear the Lord and believe in the Lord and his servant Moses. There is a lot going on in this moment. We hear echoes of the creation story from Genesis with God separating the waters to make dry land to bring forth life. This parting of the Red Sea is an act of creation. God is creating the people, the nation of Israel, and delivering them from slavery and preparing them to cross another body of water to enter the Promised Land. It is also a cosmic battle between God and the forces of chaos, of domination and exploitation. The story of Moses began with the Egyptians drowning Hebrew children, and now the Egyptians themselves are destroyed in the same way. Pharaoh's power, his army of chariots, is utterly destroyed by the waters of chaos at the Red Sea. There can be no doubt that when God faces evil, God wins. But we need to be careful how we read this story. The Egyptian soldiers are not cartoon villains, and the Israelites aren't the good guys in white hats. But this is not a battle between superheroes. Real people are involved, and there is a human cost to the destruction of Pharaoh's power. In the Talmud, the commentary that rabbis write on the, the Old Testament, the rabbis comment on this particular part of the story, saying that there is a story that's known that after the Egyptians were destroyed at the Red Sea, angels wanted to sing a song of praise to God after such a resounding defeat. And God's response was to tell them no and to say, My handiwork, the Egyptians, are drowning in the sea, and you are reciting a song before me. All the people involved in this story are God's creation, Pharaoh, his soldiers, Moses, and the Israelites. Pharaoh's power victimized the Israelites and led to the death of his own people. When a system of power is built on oppression, the whole creation is sickened and suffers. Right now, everything in our world seems to be drawn in broad strokes of black or white, us versus them. Our news, our social media seem to do more to define our enemies than to show us how we are connected. We do a lot of yelling, a lot of finger pointing, a lot of unfollowing, unfriending, and not enough listening. It could be very tempting after hearing this story to decide that clearly we are right and that we have power and maybe even God is on our side, so let's go barreling forward, but we might find that the water is about to crash down around us. Or maybe we are quick to sing songs of celebration and point out how right we were and how glad we are that our foe is utterly defeated or destroyed. The parting of the Red Sea certainly shows us God's power, but it also shows us our fragile humanity. The lesson Once again, I know I sound like a broken record. The lesson here is that we as the people of God must trust that God will act, that evil will be defeated. We must remember God's saving acts and not revel in the violence and the destruction, but we remember these saving acts to prepare ourselves to take our own action in the world. A couple of years after the Brown v. Board of Education decision was handed down, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was invited to preach at a celebration remembering that decision. The passage of scripture that he chose was this one the parting of the Red Sea. And while preaching the sermon, he pointed out that this event offers the assurance that God's goodness will always overcome evil. And that we should not lose faith in God, but King points out that we shouldn't lose faith in man either. God's power parted the Red Sea, but we need to trust that God's grace can lift people from hatred into love. King preached, Let us remember that as we struggle against Egypt, we must have love, compassion, and understanding goodwill for those against whom we struggle helping them to realize that as we seek to defeat the evils of Egypt, we are not seeking to defeat them, but to help them as well as ourselves. Maybe our lesson from the parting of the Red Sea is that God is powerful enough that we can risk seeing the humanity in those that disagree with us, and that we can even risk seeing the humanity in those that hurt us and oppress us And that by doing so, we are not ending our fight against evil. And we're not just standing by and allowing harm to happen. But when we do this, when we trust in God's power enough to risk seeing the humanity in the other, it means that we see that the them is also part of us. It means that we trust that God's grace is enough to set them free too. Amen.